0: The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion. In this podcast, these topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBrod and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. everybody. Today I'm joined with Dustin from Pivotal Trading. Chris is out today, so he's going to step in for us. So, hope you swingers are ready for this episode of the Just Swinging It podcast. Dustin, how you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing all right, man. It's a little hot up here in northern Kentucky. Uh, I was going to mow later, but it looks like it's going to rain. So, uh, it's going to be even more humid, I'm sure, after the rain. Um, I'm a little sweaty. I came back from the gym. So, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, it, um, yesterday I mowed the front yard, and then we had to go out for a um, a family dinner, so I didn't get to get the backyard. And then it rained all day today, so I have to. I don't know if I'll do it at the top of next week or do it on the weekend. I try not to do any work on the weekend. I try to just relax. But since I have to work tomorrow, I might do it after that. But Anyways, we have a few good topics today for our listeners. i uh, just going to start off with the S&P 500. Um, it opened on Monday at $3,380.86, and it closed today on Friday, which you'll be listening to this tomorrow when it comes out. But on Friday, it closed at 3397 and 16 so it was another up, uh, up week on the S&P 500, which it seems like things just keep going higher and higher. Do you think that uh, we'll ever see a down day, Dustin?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope so, man. I mean, I'm like you, I'm always carrying a little bit of short delta, and this is just relentless. I thought we had some vol kick in a couple days ago. Yesterday, two days ago, that uh, a nice big drop there. Okay, I some vol kick in And now, just kind of, like we were talking earlier, uh a isn't as much as you think it would, which is. Just in general, yeah, I want some more vol, and I want to – this is relentless, man. I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: like you said, we had one day where I think the market went down and volatility spiked up a little bit. But even in the up days, it hasn't contracted like I think normally we see it contract on up days. So it kind of seems like something's brewing. I know with this extreme, I feel like we went to an extreme to the upside. Um, I'm looking for a pretty sharp pullback here. It just seems like, you know, nothing matters anymore other than the Fed printing away money. So, um, speaking of that, um, the the dollar was actually strong today, which the dollar usually has an inverse inverse correlation. The last few months, it's had an inverse correlation to uh, gold and silver and the S&P 500. Today, it was up, and the S&P was up. So maybe we're seeing some of that correlation. diverge a little bit but we'll see Um, but the dollar's been beat up quite a bit Um, I'm actually looking for the dollar to go up a little bit more and then I think I might get on the short side of that as well which it's kind of like a double play which that's why I haven't been in on the dollar because I've been in on precious metals and precious metals the volatility the daily volatility in precious metals like today gold um, spiked down um, Had a massive sell off of a few percent and then end up uh, flat on the day. So that was that was interesting. Silver ended up down almost one percent today, even though gold um, finished flat. Um, But I have a position on in there. Um, Do you have any uh, position in precious metals?
1: Uh, no, I do not, and especially not now (laughs) with you know what I mean, just how relentless it has been. You know what I mean? And like you said, something up. Uh, dollars getting destroyed and worthless, basically right now. Vol isn't contracting as much as we see, so everything's kind of fishy right now. Vol like, is going to play. Yeah, yeah, like you yeah. said, it, it is
0: a, uh, it is a very strange time, you know, with the real economy seeming like it's struggling and yeah, definitely, you know, everything's kind of just. Uh, Just in a very weird place. I'm curious to see where all this goes. Speaking of craziness and um, just, I mean, Tesla has just been (laughs) shooting to the the moon. I mean, it's over $2,000 a share. I know they're going to have a stock split at some point. But uh, what's your uh, outlook on Tesla?
1: um overvalued i think it's all fomo i think td ameritrade being down a couple days this week and then all of a sudden it worked what <laughs> you know what i mean uh started working again on wednesday or thursday then get a the big up. so maybe that's why everybody on it um I'm not sure. I heard this could be totally wrong. So I'm just making this up basically. But um, <laughs> I heard that you had to get in by today to be eligible for the stock split. I don't know if that's true at all. I don't know how stock splits work. I know it's what, the 28th or 31st when Tesla's having theirs. I'm not um, sure. I'm
0: actually not There's sure Chris things. keeps up
1: with the test yeah.
0: more than I do. I, okay, yeah. I've just been trying to stay away from it because my urge on something like that is to short it. And thank God I haven't. <laughs> um, and thank God its price is too expensive, or trust me, I would have already. So I've just been trying to stay away from that steaming poly, You know what?
1: Oh yeah, exactly. Um, totally got burnt yesterday. Um, it shot up, and I was like, "All right, here we go. I'm gonna get this nice little drop here." Um, I played just like I, I played like a just a uh, put debit spread, right? Which I n- normally never do. I was like, "Ah, you know, might as well." Um, I should have played something on the. Uh, but yeah, so I just stayed stayed away from it today.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a dangerous one. I mean, it's you know you would think it would correct itself, but I, I seen today, and like like you said. Um, Don't fact check me on this one. But I've seen the day where Tesla is worth more than every publicly traded car manufacturer. I think that's right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, like, uh, so, I mean, that's pretty insane. I mean, I don't see there being that big of a market share, um, you know, for Tesla to be valued at what it's valued at and i you know everyone says well it's not just a car company it's not just this and that but right. they still are i mean yes they make technology but it's for their cars unless they start licensing that to other you know to other manufacturers but even then i mean the technology that they're building it would have to be used for something else um and they'd have to license it for something else for them to be valued at what they're valued at i mean they're valued at 400 billion dollars that's their market <laughs> cap so
1: yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, I guess you can kind of blame it on the Robinhood traders too, if you really want to. You know, blame it on all on these dang college kids and, and their Robinhood. Uh, you know, just they're basically they see Elon Musk, so then they're buying Tesla. You know what I mean? They see what SpaceX does, SpaceX does, and they buy Tesla. You know, they look at the boring Tesla. So, yeah, I've heard, I mean, I've heard of people. I mean, you can uh, kind of blame it on that, I guess. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I think <laughs> a, I think a little bit of it is people.
0: You know, a lot of people were short around, like, the three, 400 I think there was a lot of institutions and hedge funds that were shorting it. I think some of them just buying back the shares, maybe boosted it up. And then yeah. I, I know a lot of um, Robinhood, people that use Robinhood, and I, I know a lot of them that has one share, <laughs> uh, you know. Like, <laughs> a lot of them's buying, like, one share. Like, you know, they don't have a lot of money in their accounts, but they'll buy, like, one share of it. And they've just been holding it. So, I don't know if every Robinhood user has, like, one or two shares of it or <laughs> or, or or what's really going on with that. But it's just been insane to watch. I mean, the money – I mean, if you could have some – I'm a very system guy. Like, I like the system. I think you trade a lot more on on a system, like a process, more than you trade on, like, what you think. I mean, maybe a small portion of your account you do. That's kind of how I do. Is that fair to say?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So
0: so I think um, for me, um, you know, I look at that and a lot of people say, well, look at the money you could have made. But I always look at it as in like, you know, your risk to the to reward, I don't think was was good enough. But at the same time, if someone could build a system based on sediment or based on pop culture or whatever, whatever the elements and the reasoning of why that stock has done what it's done if someone could put a system together to trade bubbles, you know, that's basically what it is, then you could have made a kill and i mean, oh you, yeah, for sure. bought a few shares that i can't remember when i first started looking at Tesla what the price was, but it was a couple hundred bucks or something when i first hit my radar and now it's
1: 2000,
0: so yeah. you can only imagine the money that was made there.
1: Yeah, and this is all basically within the last year, more or less. I mean, it got beat up. It was under two hundred dollars, I believe, last year, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah, it got it, beat it up real, real down. bad. And everybody's yeah, everybody's saying this this is worthless. It's junk. You know what I mean? And like, look a year from a year later, look where we are. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, that's the
0: same thing with uh, gold too. I think when um, before the coronavirus, people were, like, trying to short gold and stuff. And there was this guy on Twitter, and I've been trying to find him. I guess he's probably committed suicide by now. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean to joke about that, but but it just shows you how much people have, like, super strong opinions on stuff. I, I do, too. But Yeah, we all do. I happen to create a system and more strategic approach, and that's kind of how I trade and been trading. And – you know that's that keeps me safe by sticking to a set of rules versus just well i think this is going to happen because really you can use technical analysis you can use whatever you use whatever method of picking direction you use you can look at anything and and if you have a bias to that direction you can make it you can make the story whatever you want it to be And you can use technical analysis. Two people can study technical analysis and one can be bearish and one can be bullish. (laughs) You know, you paint that narrative and it just shows you that unless it's, you know, mathematical or there's some kind of system that you, you've done enough back testing on and it's over multiple assets. It's not just over one thing, but like volatility, you know, it's overstated more than it's, you know, more than realized. Unless it's something very technical like that, or a system that you've created, it just shows you that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And this guy was saying about how gold and silver was going to go down, and he was had a huge short position. And he was arguing with everyone online about how it was, you know, going down. And, I mean, he got obliterated. I can only imagine his losses, I mean, really. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I've been trying to find his Twitter. He probably deleted it because probably, it's embarrassing. It is crap.
1: Oh my gosh! I mean, yeah. I mean, there. Everybody has their own opinions, and that nobody likes being wrong. You know what I mean? I don't like being wrong, but uh, you got to admit it. Sometimes you just got to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you
0: yeah. can't. You can't. Uh, you have to keep your position sizing within proportion too, because you can't, you know, even know how, um, no matter how good a deal it seems like, I think it's important for our viewers and and everyone that trades to make sure you keep your position size with something reasonable that you're, you can lose and it won't keep you. Because a lot of people, you know, they're trading IRA accounts and their life savings. You don't want to lose your life savings just because you had a hunch on what something was going to do.
1: Right, yeah, exactly, and I think yesterday the two thousand Tesla calls, um, one day to expiration, were trading like at three hundred dollars or something like that. Something like yesterday morning. You not going to close Obviously, it did, but still, at the same point, it's like. You know, people are like, oh, man, I should have just went all in on that. Well, no, your probabilities are going to play out sooner or later, right? You can't just keep on gambling like that and hope – you know what I mean? Hope you hit it. Uh, that, that's, that's not how you trade. And same with, you know, anything, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, facts, yeah right. I mean, I'm, I think a lot of people, especially people starting out, is it doesn't matter what you – what strategy you have. There's a percentage of the time that you're going to be wrong, and even if it's like two, three standard deviations, um, there's a percent of the time where you're going to be wrong. And when you're wrong, your position sizing needs to be small enough that you can take being wrong that one time, and that over enough occurrences that that of you being right more than you're wrong, especially if you're selling options or whatever, that um, you know the one time doesn't doesn't kill you. You know, and they they actually wrote a book about when genius fails. You know, they and uh, I need to I need to actually um, I need to read that book. I, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I need to look into that. But uh, moving on to uh, a new product, the small exchange is coming out with a um, a 95% correlation to the Nasdaq. It's a um, tech. It's a like a sector. I, it's kind of like you would construct a sector ETF. Uh, but it's a futures product. And instead right. of it trading at um, you know, uh, $17,000 a contract or $1,600 a contract, it's only going to cost about anywhere from four dollars to $500 a contract to trade. Uh, oh, so wow. if you are looking to trade some NASDAQ, because that's another thing that's been on fire lately. Uh, talking about Tesla and, and, and things along that Nature that's just been, you know, extreme to one side. Um, you know, if you want to short it or if you want to get on the train, this is a small way to do so. It's the uh, I'm gonna try to share it on the screen here. Okay. If I can get this here on the right page.
1: Because I mean, yeah, Apple, Amazon, just oh my gosh, been going crazy. I, Apple, what? Well, I forget what Apple opened at today. Four seventy something, four seventy nine, four eighty, somewhere around there. We almost touched five hundred.
0: I yeah and the day
1: today it's crazy
0: so it's it's just been absolutely insane but yeah here's the um, the new it's stix the small technology 60 and you can go to the small exchange.com to, uh, forward slash products forward slash stix if you need more information for our viewers and you can look at the different um things that you know make it up in this position size but um, it, it, the small exchange is really changing the industry to where in, individual investors and retail investors can really be engaged and get in on some opportunities that have traditionally only been for the, the bigger institutions, you know, because before, well, they have the, the, the micros now, you know, we can trade micros, which is much smaller. But even those are still... think it costs about sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred dollars in bond power for one contract. So you know, if you're just starting out and you want to learn about futures, or if you just you know you just want to trade these products because they're they're a little different than the the main ones, uh, then that's an option too. Uh, The one that I really like is the small U.S. dollar one uh, because it's really the purest play as far as on the US dollar, you have UUP, um, which is an ETF, which takes a lot of buying power, and it doesn't move very much, but a few pennies a day. So it's not very efficient. And then you have the currency pairs, which it's paired versus another one other currency, where the small uh, dollar, it's paired, it has all the different major currencies uh, against the dollar, so when you're actually going Um, along the dollar you're shorting multiple currencies so it's really the purest play even though it's a smaller product it's probably the best way to play the dollar so the small exchange they're, they're keep innovating they're coming out with this new tech product that has uh, 60 different tech companies in it uh, that you can trade it's a $5,100 notional size product um, and it only takes four or five hundred dollars to come out with that so you can check that out it starts trading um, at eight A.M. Um, uh, Eastern Time um, on Monday, so it's you know it's going live very quickly here.
1: Oh, okay. Now, is there a reason that the tr- the smalls only trade eight to five our time, or is that just yes? Yeah, people- so I I don't know anything. I mean, I know about the smalls, but I don't know you know what I mean that. Much. Yeah. So
0: the the reason that they're only trading that time slot is that the um like extended hours plus the regular time yeah. um that the the cash markets are really open so they're only open during those uh during those times um because they don't have enough liquidity yet to go uh, um, yeah, that makes sense overnight. That makes
1: sense. Yeah. But um,
0: it's not just liquidity. Some of it is after they release a product, it takes like six months for the regulatory firms to uh, sign off that it can trade overnight, but it's oh, also okay. a liquidity thing. So the smalls probably won't start trading overnight for probably, I would say about four or five more months is probably the time span that it'll take them to just get the word out and get enough people in there. Now, however, don't um, be afraid of not having liquidity because there's market makers in there. So even if there's not another person that uh, you know, that's not coming in, the market makers will still um, you know, execute your trade. Now, there might be a little bit of slippage because of the bid and the ask spread differential, um, well,
1: yeah, especially if there's no liquidity, yeah. Yeah,
0: so you have to kind of look out for that. But the SM75, it, it's only a few ticks wide. It's not very wide at all, so you don't have to worry about giving up a lot there. Um, I, I think the, the small dollar, I think, has the worst liquidity just because a lot of people don't get uh, very excited about trading currencies like they do uh, stocks. Uh, right. but the precious metals one is really amped up here in the last little bit just because of the moves it's been making so it's tick size have been um you know shrinking there as far as the pit mask so i'm really excited about the small exchange i've traded the sm75 and i've traded the small precious metals i haven't got into the dollar yet i, I i've kind of been waiting for a correction in there and also the liquidity to come in but they've been promoting it i think that uh, this will i think this is the way for the future for retail investing especially when they start offering options on
1: it. oh yeah definitely yeah for sure then it should you know what i mean this is going to change everything but yeah that's going to be how, when, when did they say like a specific date as to when they're going to start trying to get options on these or so it's the same as the overnight thing it's partially a, a
0: regulatory thing and then it's partially a liquidity thing They want to have enough um, liquidity in there to where, um, you know, there's enough engagement in the actual uh, future to put the options on there. I think after they, I think by the time they get regulatory approval, I think they'll probably uh, be ready by then to, to put options on it. But a good thing about the small exchange product is it's all cash settled. So at expiration, they just debit or credit your account if you don't manage it. So you don't have to worry about, um, you know, something happening.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, that's nice.
0: And um, they have a small global oil one. And you remember when oil went like
1: negative? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that
0: was the WTI contracts for the crude oil. Um, they They actually had an index for... Their version, it's not out yet, but it's called the Small Global Oil. And it's not just the WTI. It's combined all like uh, several oil contracts. And um, the, they have an index that tracks its performance even before the actual product comes out for the future. And I was looking at that. It didn't go negative uh, like WTI did. So that was interesting. So yeah, really? they've kind of crafted these to have enough diversity so there's not that. Outlier risk that's you know built in, and they've kind of they've done a really good job of having um, you know a lot of popular names in their small stock 75. Because the because like the S and P 500 hasn't added Tesla yet, the small right. step stock 75 already has Tesla in
1: it. Oh, okay, ah, that's interesting.
0: So they've really made it to where they're they're you know they're keeping up with the times. They put uh, very popular stocks. Uh, high liquidity stocks, high volatility stocks. So these products really move around, um, you know, so you have a lot of volatility. I can't wait for options because, you know, if you do a strategy, I know like you do, like you sell. Now, are you selling like iron condors mostly or are you doing uh, iron condors and strangles or?
1: Uh, Mostly iron condors. Um, I do a little bit of strangles um, just, but it depends on, how much it's gonna cost me. You know what I mean <laughs> some strangles on like uh, you know three dollar, four dollar stock because it's would be you know, especially if not hard to borrow, stuff like that. But like yeah, I'm not doing a strangle on like Amazon or anything. Right. Just, right, yeah, sure. Much. So basically it's mostly just um, verticals and then iron condors. And now as volatility
0: rises, do you do you get bigger with your positions?
1: Um yeah, just a, a little bit. Um I see that I can kind of go a little bit further out. So volatility is kicking in. I can go a little bit further out, right? You know, I and mean? I still collect a decent amount of premium. Um, but I don't actually, you know, I don't get bigger with my. I don't like. I don't sell ten iron condors anymore. It's still one, but maybe I'll just try to get a little bit more premium than I normally would, um, per se. Something like that, or I might uh, go in in tranches on one day or something like that. But I, I wouldn't actually. Um, like, I'm not putting on multiple iron condors, if that's what you Now, you're are you
0: still trading with a few days to expiration, or are you going further out in time?
1: Um, so, right now, still doing the zero day to expiration. Um, so, right now, still looking around, until around 2 p.m., but it's been crazy because it's relentless, and you kind of have to wait until you get that vol drop, this is all me personally, right? So if anybody's listening, this is not how you trade. This is not the real way to trade. <laughs> so, uh, this is yeah, just Yeah, it's not me, recommendations.
0: We're just talking about what
1: we Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. Exactly, because I mean, obviously zero data expiration, higher gamma, uh, higher rate of change, so your 10 delta can turn into 30, 40 delta really quick. So, but usually I kind of look at multiple things throughout the day and then I just kind of wait until I think volatility it kind of kicked in towards the end of the day. And then I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to be safe now. Um, as far as an expansion of volatility in this, in the certain underlying, you know what I mean? Most of the time it's just SPX. I'm like, all right, I think I'm good more or less. And then I'm just right there at that 10 Delta nine, seven Delta, somewhere around there. Um, and then I just kind of, I have a certain dollar amount in my head, um, compared to my width, my um, width of my wings, um, of what I think I should be able to collect safely that day. Um, and then I just try to let it that, that's the whole goal of this whole strategy was to have something that I could play where I won't have to manage it as much, right? I mean, because you're doing it uh, at the beginning of the day, right? You have tons of volatility, maybe something kicks in, uh, midday, something like that. So I'm trying to find something closer to the end of the day and just let it expire. So you give me that money. I want to collect it as soon as possible. but, not a recommendation, so this is still an ongoing strategy, trying to find the best way to do this. Um, there's been a lot of people that like to play iron flies right at open, they, right at 9.31. They're in their $50 wide wings on their iron fly, and then they just uh, let that volatility contract a little bit, You know, maybe in over an hour. They collect that $1.50 profit, and then boom, take it. There is people that like to um, sell credit spreads, you know what I mean, they watch uh, different things tick and stuff like that, ADD. And then, uh, you know, they get in credit, uh, credit spread on one side, then all of a sudden they're in on the other side. So it's like a little, you know, what I mean, skewed iron condor, however you want to put it. Um, and then they try to let those expire or at least manage them at 50%. I want something that's kind of smaller accounts that can kind of just let it expire. But obviously there's always those outlier risks, but so far doing, doing pretty well with that. But, um, yeah, and then as far as, like, earnings plays – sorry, I'm rambling on here. No, you're but fine. As far you're fine. Go ahead. As, yeah, yeah. As far as earnings plays, I try to like to exchange a higher gamma exposure for a larger IV contraction, but that's also risky as well. So, whereas most people would like to go to the next month or maybe, like, three weeks out for their earnings, I try to go two weeks out or this week, uh, you know what I mean? So, it, with that being two to three days – till expiration. And I'll exchange that higher gamma. I'll take on that risk. That's fine. If I can get a nice IV contraction, but obviously, you know what I mean? There's, there's risk in that. So it's, it's whatever your risk profile is. Right. And, um, you know what I mean? I, I can deal with that and I can manage fairly well. You know what I mean? I'm fine rolling down, rolling out, doing whatever, you know what I mean? To manage that position. Um, but yeah, for now, just kind of not going too far out like you're you're more of a 45 to 60 day uh till expiration right and then you manage at 21 more or less right so but yeah anyway sorry to answer your question yeah (laughs) a couple days out (laughs) so um
0: do you uh keep a specific theta number like a ratio between theta and negative delta or
1: so usually I'm always short Delta, probably one, one to two Delta. That's usually where it is. I Maybe mean, neutral to, um, one or two, three ish. And then Theta is usually around 15 ish, uh, 17, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 So that's usually where it's at. Um, and then obviously it all changes when, you know what I mean? Higher gamma exposure. Right. So it changes very, very quick. So, um, but yeah, usually uh, I kind of go by dollar amounts as well. So, I mean, if I'm doing a $5 wide strike, I'm trying to collect at least 50 cents for the day. So, I mean, like we're talking it's 80-something percent, probably a profit on these, but I'm only making $50, but I'm putting up that four fifty, right? So, um, you know what I mean? You kind of have to be quick with it, but then, of course, you're only watching for two hours. You're watching the last two hours of market rather than trying to, watch the whole market as a whole for that whole day or a day or two, you know what I mean? So, um, but they're all really, really high probability. Usually you can just let them expire, uh, worthless and you collect, I mean, it's only $50, but still that's, if you do that three times a week. You're 150 bucks for the week. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the
1: strategy. Um, now do you,
0: um, do you do static delta, short delta, or are you doing like your skewed iron condor?
1: Just a skewed iron condor, more or less. Yeah, usually I just kind of gauge on where I think that underlying, what that underlying has done for the day. So maybe I just kind of check a chart real quick. You know what I mean? I think we hit resistance. You know what I mean? And I think we're kind of done for the day. Look at the obviously the volatility. What's our expected move? Eh, about five dollar expected move. My 10 delta is about $20 out on each side. And I think I'm good for the day. You know what I mean? Just kind of gauge it that, like that. And if I think we're, uh, you know what I mean, we're kind of overexhausted for the day, probably going to pull back a little bit, which most of the days I think we, we are, you know what I mean, especially these past couple weeks, um, then that's when I like to try and get um, as much theta and as much short delta as I possibly can. But usually I just try to stick to, you know what I mean, neutral one, two, negative delta and then just call it a, call it a day. I got you. Yeah. So um So it's it's still very risky. No, I, I completely understand. If people are watching, like <laughs> this isn't a recommendation, like, oh, it's an easy, really, you know, high probability trade. Like, yeah, but you're still it's it's zero day expiration, only got a couple hours. You got still got to manage it if you have to, you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it's been working for you though, right? I mean, so yeah, so far so good, you know what I mean? But also all the technical analysis guys, they're saying, like, oh yeah, these fifty um you know what I mean? These uh, MACD divergences and these Bollinger Band crossovers, they work too. You know what I mean? But they work until they don't work. So we'll see what happens when it starts not to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we'll go from there and we'll make adjustments accordingly. But for so far, um, it's working out pretty well. Uh, back-tested uh, – I don't th- – I, I, I didn't think I back-tested this new uh, strategy just yet. Um, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. You know. I mean, I've, I've looked at
0: research that tasty uh, trades done on it. I mean it selling options um, in general have back tested really well right um, if you do it consistently now, if you do it sometimes and then not sometimes you know it doesn't work out, but for the most part, what I've seen is that selling options have worked out. the biggest thing is keeping your sizing small and one thing that they'll do is they'll um, they'll as volatility rises they'll increase their size um to specific specific points they don't really I don't really say they don't really say uh how much you should they just kind of give guidelines of what your position size should be like no bigger than a few percent or something um for me I pretty much just do pacey trade mechanics the only thing that I do different uh, than they do is they, they don't care what it is. They'll be like, oh, it's high, V R and then they sell it. I'm more of like a macro um, directionally person, but I like to use their mechanics because I think I think their mechanics, uh, not like specifically how they do it, but just like how you know, you're doing the same type of mechanics that they're doing. You, I mean, you've just adjusted them to how you want to do it. Yeah, I think that's fine. But that type of mechanics of like lowering your cost, improving capital efficiency, just like those main theme things, I basically just say, well, I look at macro and then I'm like, okay, then I overlay the tasty work mechanics, the tasty trade mechanics over top of that. Because I feel that, you know, like high probability, capital efficiency, all all those things is, I think that's just good in, um, you know, investing in general, whether it's in the stock market or not. Is keeping, um, you know, keeping mechanics
1: that improve your success. I mean, that's really what this thing is all about, yeah, exactly. And like going back to selling options, I mean, I believe that's the edge in trading options is selling. I mean, that's I'm 100% with that. You know, what I mean, uh, if you're gonna buy a 50 delta call or sell a 50 delta call you know what i mean like which one's always going to work out or sorry, buy a call or sell a 50 delta, 50 delta put my bad uh you know what i mean which one's going to have a higher probability of working out and you know, higher probability of profit it's going to be the put every time right uh you know what i mean so yeah and the edge is um that you know every
0: strategy has to have an edge to work long term really is 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 really what it comes down to to trading. It's just building a strategy um, that's going to have an edge on the market and it has to be something. In, and the, the one for our viewers that's um, not familiar is um, realized volatility um, over you know uh, enough occurrences is uh, a smaller range than the implied volatility. So basically you're just scooping up the difference in the the implied uh I mean in the realized versus the implied. So um you, you know it comes down to things and talking about strategy, we're gonna segue here a little bit into day trading. Do you do any day trading or scalping or whatever you want to call it?
1: Um so a a little bit, but um I mean I guess technically I am day trading if I'm letting I'm doing zero day to expiration expired. That's true. Yeah you know I mean. So uh yeah, that's that's about it though. Do you buy um
0: do you buy um stock intraday or do you do any like futures intraday or anything?
1: No, no. So I don't mess with futures at all. And then stock, I don't really mess with stock anymore. Uh usually I'm just options trader, more or less. So obviously um somewhere down the line I should probably look into, you know what I mean? Uh <laughs> trying to get long some stock and then selling some calls against it or something like that. But for now it's just straight all options. Um, you know, once it's account size too, as well, you know what I mean? Like if I want to buy a hundred shares or something that I want to, you know what I mean? I see some fall in there. It's like, well, it'd be nice to have, uh, you know what I mean? Some stocks against this and I can kind of sell and get a little volatility arbitrage or something like that. But, uh, yeah, account size. Why now I'm just option, just, uh, options trading so
0: yeah i think uh you know i think the uh the options uh is, is best as far as stocks go um the i don't think i would ever buy uh stocks uh honestly just i mean i just it's either options or futures um or futures options for me uh, yeah. because like like we're talking about that's where there's um more strategy and edge and things but yeah. um i was looking at some back studies um, a at the money put does uh, outperforms bond stock and it outperforms bond stock and selling a call against it. So oh, um, wow. yeah, so if you ever want to go long stock for our viewers, this isn't a recommendation, but it's just <laughs> something that i'm I'm giving educational content to our viewers, but selling it at the money put, and even if you let it go to expiration or if you want to do it even a little bit better, you can manage it at twenty one days. Sell it at 45 days at the money and just keep rolling it over, and that outperforms the underlying um, in the long term. Now, it might not in the short term, but in the long term, it outperforms it. And then a a strategy that I really like is a Jade Lizard sell at the money. It's basically a Jade Lizard is basically a synthetic uh, covered
1: call, is really what that is. Right, yeah, because you have a credit spread on the one side, then you're selling that. Call.
0: Yeah, pretty much at the money put. And that outperforms that outperforms um, the covered call. Um, And also you can you can manage it. So if the stock starts to fall, you can widen your call spread and continue to collect credit. And that Uh, uh, drastically reduces your risk as well. But going back to uh, uh, going back to day trading, um, which is something you know chris and i've been doing with this challenge uh the mini gauntlet from earned a trade um the thing that i found with day trading um and i know that's a very you know i see ads for it all the time i'm like bombarded by ads of uh become a day trader and all this stuff
1: yeah, um sure
0: but there's uh a, there's like three things that i've found um that i think takes to be a successful day trader and I think I don't think any of them is um is like crazy like um like you would never think of it. I think it's very simple, but I think that we get wrapped up in like the emotional part of it, so for me, just kind of sharing my experience um uh, with the day trading or the futures trading or you know scalping whatever you want to call it is you have to be very, very strategic. Just like the strategy that we've been talking about so far, um, you have to be very uh, strategic. And so I am I was normally not a indicators person. Um, you know, I, I'm macro with hasty trade mechanics. That's basically uh, how I trade. Right. But, you know, I wanted to get into this day trading thing Uh, to get funded because you can scale yourself so much and have real potential to do it for a living. Unlike, uh, because there's no way of getting capital unless you raise it from family and friends or you do a startup thing or something. It's really hard for
1: anyone to raise capital. You feel like crap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it's really hard to raise capital, but there's all these Proprietary trading firms that's popping up. And, you know, the challenges are tough, but, you know, if they're going to give money to anybody, you're going to have to prove yourself. But you really can scale these things and trade a few, you know, hundreds. You know, you can trade, I think one uh, shop offers $250,000 in funding. So in my uh, journey of, uh, you know, just being involved in financial markets, when I found out about that, that's what got me into day trading. And I and the cool thing is you don't really have to risk much capital, only your subscription or fee that's doing these challenges. But what I found is the three things I found is you have to be able to, um, however you pick direction, it has to be very defined. It can't be, I think it's going to go this way or that way. It has to be, when this happens, I do this. and. That's all the time I do it, and that's how I'm picking direction. And you do it every time. The second thing to it is you have to back test that strategy. I don't know if you can see my whiteboard, but I've been doing like tons of back testing. Um, okay. <laughs> I've been doing it by hand because it's too expensive to really buy the software to do it. Oh, so I've yeah. been like pulling up charts and 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 writing down the opens and the closes and things like that. But what I found is that you have to after you pick your how you're gonna, whether you use the indicators or volume or crossovers or candle charts or whatever you're doing, it has to be very defined uh, so you can do it every time. So if you told your strategy to someone else, they'd know exactly when uh, you would be taking a trade and not just, well, I, today I think it's going this way and, you know, whatever. It has to be very defined. Second thing, you have to back test it. So you have to, um, see well when this happens what percent of the time does it go down and what percent of the time does it go up and after you figure that out you you don't have to but it makes the most sense to have a strategy that works out more than 50 percent of the time and then after you figure that out the third thing you have to figure out your take profit points and your um, stop loss points and you have to do this at order entry you can't leave them open because one thing that um people do and i've I've been looking up a lot of you know a lot of stuff on youtube and none of it's been really worth a damn but um (laughs) (laughs) but what i found is everyone says like you have to um or one of the problems i see a lot of people having and some people go live in the morning is they'll take their stop loss off and try to hope that the trade comes back for them uh yeah and 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 Been there, done that <laughs> yeah so you have to know that the percentages are going to play out you're going to have a losing trade and it's kind of like rolling a dice like a six-sided die if you roll that dice and you can and you can win four out of six times as long as you risk every like you risk one to make one Right, that's like a simple way to set the strategy up. So, when this happens, I'm gonna do this, and I back tested it. It works out four out of six times, I win. So, if you risk one to make one after enough occurrences, you're gonna make you know, you're gonna be profitable. That's just how the math works. So, it's all about um, making sure that you either risk one to make two or at very least you risk one to make one and have a high percent probability. It just has to be higher than 50%. Obviously the higher, the better. Um, and I've been testing out different strategies and it's been working out. I found a strategy that works about 67% of the time. Um, mm-hmm. and I've took about three trades. Um, my first one, uh, no, I've took four trades. Uh, my first one was a two hundred dollar winner my second one was a four hundred dollar loser and my um let's see my third one was like a hundred no it's like a fifty dollar winner and my fourth one was a nine hundred dollar winner so now i'm at um uh, i don't know i might have said the number's a little wrong but so- somewhere in that vicinity i'm up uh now i'm up uh seven hundred and fifty some dollars we'll say yeah. Um, in the gauntlet experience, but, uh, it's based off of, uh, having a very defined strategy, um, and back testing it, making it work. But the, uh, another part of the strategy, um, that I'm doing now is, and, and you said you're interested in this, so maybe this will help you. I don't know, but.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, keep going for real. I, I'm loving this. So yeah.
0: And so one thing that I found is that the, um, so in the strategy that I'm doing right now, it It'll go against me like you have to measure how much it goes against you before it goes for you, and then you have to like look at all the the different points of okay, this time it went twelve uh, points against me before it went for me fifteen points, or this time it went fifty some points against me, and it only went for me twenty points well obviously that's a too big of risk or reward, and that one time it could have continued going so where are you going to set your? You know, when's the most op- optimal time? Because even though you might have a directionally um, correct strategy, like, like you place it on, and at some point you're right. You can't say at some point I'm just going to keep this on until I'm right, because in this strategy it eventually comes back. But the two times it doesn't, it completely wipes you out. So even though I picked the strategy that was it was originally right, like 90% of the time, I'm like. This is fantastic. But then when I started looking at it, it, got, it would go against you so much that it's not worth, you know, letting it go against you that much before it comes for you. So I had to tighten my, my take profit and stop loss area tight enough to where um, it only actually works out 67% of the time. But then you don't have big losses. And that was something else is when you're doing the trading challenges, you can only lo- lose a certain amount in a day. So, um, and, and that's just good risk management anyway, but it, it's, it's interesting to see um, how it works. And like you were saying earlier, it works until it doesn't, but <laughs> if you can get it to work more than it doesn't work, as long as you don't think the trade's eventually going to come back in your favor and you're just letting this loser run because I've done that too and realize that you're, it's okay to lose this 20 points because you're going to make 40 points and, you know, you're going to come out 20 points net, net, that'll be okay. But it's getting to the the mental state of this. This is how I'm going to set my trade up when this happens. This is my take profit and loss. Um, and, you know, this is how I'm going to manage the trade. I'm going to put this on as soon as I, you know, as soon as i place my order for this trade and I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to look at it. Um, the only other thing that I've been looking at doing – to improve is after it goes for me a certain amount, like like I was looking at this strategy where it's 20 points wide. So if it goes against me like um, 10 points uh, and then goes for me only 15, but then it goes back against me 20 and I have my stop losses at like 20, is there a way that I can move my stop um, uh, stop loss at break even or maybe a little bit before break even if it goes against me like 10 or 15 points. Right. Yeah. There's different ways, um, you know, that you, it's very strategic. It's the most strategic thing. Um, even though our strategies already are very strategic, it's like on another level just because you have to do the back testing yourself. And you know, like you have to, like, I think it's pretty known that, um, uh, Implied volatility is overstated, um, and there's been a lot of research done on that. You know, before we've had to do research on that. Yeah. But when you're building your own strategy from the ground, because trust me, I've I've done backtesting on the people that claim to be
1: gurus and stuff, <laughs> and it doesn't work. Like oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean yeah, you all these gurus and stuff out there or are these little kids on Instagram, like, oh, you know what I mean, uh join my whatever group and you know what I mean? I got this strategy. It was like, oh, it's like flipping a coin. You know what I mean? Yeah, you flip you flipped heads seven out of ten times. Well over enough occurrences, it's still gonna be 50%. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah, care. And
0: and you know, I uh, I had really thought about that like really hard. Uh-huh. And so even though it's 50 50 and and then like when someone first looks at it, they're like, yeah, but it if you flip it so many times in a row, you know, it doesn't happen that many times. That's true. But instead of thinking about, Oh, excuse me. Instead of thinking about it like that, if you think about, you know, those, um, those, uh, boards, like a wheel of fortune board. (laughs) Okay. spin,
1: Yeah.
0: So say you have like, um, 10 spaces on 10, like, you know, divided into 10 spaces, like a wheel of fortune wheel. Yeah. And five of them are black and five of them are red, and you spin okay. it from the exact same spot every time, it you know, it's just as likely to land on a red space or a black space. Black being you win and red being you lose. Yeah. But it sh- it kind of thinking of it that way really it made made it click for me that hey, it is just a fifty fifty shot, um, you know, of where it lands on the space. Um instead of just thinking about it, well, it only, you know, if you flip heads 10 times, it only happens one in, you know, however many, and you think that that's a high percentage bet, but it's really not. It's like hitting that spinning wheel uh, at the same spot, you know, there's still the same amount of um, outcomes that can
1: happen. Yeah, it's gambler's fallacy. That's totally, I don't know. The bearded friend Josh, who uh, does all our pivotal stuff with me, um, we had an awesome time in Vegas for my bachelor party. And uh, he, uh, you know, about about eight or nine reds in a row at the roulette table. and like, oh, come on, it's got to hit black here, got to hit black here. A couple hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars. Uh, and all he got out of it, uh, he got a beer. The waitress lady came over and was giving everybody beer. So, uh, you know what I mean? That was the most expensive beer he ever had. <laughs> I mean, it, it can't possibly hit ten reds in a row. It, it sure did. But, uh, <laughs> that's all it is. It's yeah. Pretty- obviously it's not exactly 50-50 for roulette table but more or less it's the same thing right you know what i mean you think because oh it hit seven times eight times here then it's got to be this the next time no it's 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 starting at the same point basically every time and it's 50-50 so
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that's a good that's a good lesson you know uh it's a
1: hard lesson but Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't too happy after that. Because basically, you know, in in Vegas, if you sit down and act like you're playing, they'll come around and give you some drinks or whatever. I don't drink anymore. But uh, at the time, you know what I mean? Like, oh, man, we need some drinks. And they're too expensive. Let's sit down and act like we're playing. Uh, Well, we might as well start playing now. Oh, man, four Reds in a row. Oh, five, six. Oh, that's it. We're going all in, all in. And then before you know it, uh, it, it's gone. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I haven't uh, got the chance to go out to Vegas. Did you like it? Uh, oh, dude, I loved it. I loved it. We went out there for that. So my bachelor party. And then we actually went out for the money show um, back in I believe it was last November. Yeah, out there. So that was that was really, really cool. Um, got to meet a few people out there. Tom Sosnoff got to actually shake his hand and see him in real life. So that was pretty cool. Nikki Bat and Mike Butler and all, they were all there. So um, yeah, it, 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 was, it was pretty crazy. You would think, let's see, how do I want to say this? There's a lot of people there who are interested in trading, but you think they would be more knowledgeable than what they are, I guess. Uh, If that makes any sense. I'm saying that – okay, I'm kind of – that's really pretentious to say. But after watching Tasty Trade and, like, learning, you know what I mean, just, like, understanding the basics of options and just different strategies and everything that Tasty Trade has to offer, um, going out there, you still had a lot of people – who were just asking just basic questions and everything. And there's a lot of Forex people there too. I'm like, what, what is going on? I thought this was like a, you know what I mean? Like a, um, I don't know. I thought everybody was pretty well established here, but no, there's people just basically trying to sell their little, you know, I mean, buy calls here, strategy, buy puts here, strategy. It was it was, it was it was interesting, I guess, to say the least, but it was fun though. It was a good time. I, I, I would definitely go back again. We were actually trying to go this, uh, when did they just have the virtual money show? I think it was like last week or a couple of days ago, something like that. Um, and we, that was actually scheduled to be like August 16th or something like that out there. And we were actually going to go to that. But once they made it virtual um, obviously we couldn't do that, but, but yeah, next time I'll hit you up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely, I definitely like to go out there
0: and you know, so this is something that you can um, relate to and we, i'm kind of i hope you don't have anything to do i'm kind of dragging you out here <laughs> um but so being a musician um uh, i don't do you know pensado's place i'm sorry i don't know what that is okay so anyways it's a it's a thing about recording basically okay. and uh so i got into like learning about recording and stuff and they used to have these trade shows in Nashville of uh, recording and they and they would have different people there from different companies with you know different products and basically they they trying to sell stuff and it was fun but they would also have a panel of uh, professional songwriters, recording engineers, like you know, the behind the scenes people of the music industry. And we would you used to always go to that. And it's funny how you said you went to that and they, they seemed like they didn't really know much yeah it it was the same type of thing like you're like well okay you have this entity like tasty works um at pensado's place is what i think the equivalent of that in their own industry and you're thinking like why why are people asking that question like you (laughs) know and we've had some really good conversations here today and in the past before About you know options, and you and I understand it, and you know we can all have a conversation about um, what we might think isn't like we don't think it's that complex, but we've already learned it. But you go and talk to somebody else, and like you said, they just I mean, it's like the basic strategies, and they don't even completely understand what they're
1: doing. Right? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. It's it's it it was crazy because uh, Nicky Bat had his own little. uh, It was like an hour long little uh, breakout session or something like that about iron condors, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay, this is, that's, I love iron condors, that's what I do, you know what I mean? So uh, me and Josh sat in on that and you just had people, like it, all it was was basically um, make your iron condor wider rather than narrower, that's all it was, right? Because more premium, wider break evens, done. That's basically all it was, more or less, you know what I mean? he probably showed a back test or something. Yeah, yeah, that's all it was. That's literally all it was. And I was like, why well, do I know that? But, I mean, that's, it's good to see, you know what I mean? Like, because I've heard them say that plenty of times before, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it was just good to see visuals and, you know what I mean, all that good stuff. And people were just asking just, like, dumb questions. Like, dude, don't you watch, like, or did you not listen to what he just said? Or don't you watch Tasty Trade? Like, don't you know, like, what it was? it was mind-boggling to me, you know what I mean? Like, why would you pay all that money to go out to Vegas for this? And then, like, not no I, shit. I <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. It was interesting, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I mean, I, I I always wondered because I know the money show is like
1: its separate thing, right? Rather than like I, it was like what's it called the trader show or the traders expo money show. Okay. okay. So, but it's not, it's not a
0: tasty trade thing. They're just there. Oh no,
1: no. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just there. They're just there. Yeah. So
0: they have, so I've seen, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I, I know, I know of what you're talking about. And i have seen some interviews on there in the past. Uh, they have like, you know, technical analysis people and everything there. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They do. So there was also a lot of like Forex breakouts as well. Um, so just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? They can, they can do whatever they want, but there's a lot of um, just people trying to sell you their strategies and a lot of, you know, pay us $3,000 a month and we'll send you these, so this such and such many strategies. You know what I mean? Basically it was funny because we were sitting there and we were waiting for Tom Saws not to come on. You know what I mean? Like basically everybody was, um, but you had the whole day was just kind of like buy my strategy, buy our, this, buy this, buy this. You know what I mean? Tom Sosnoff comes up and he goes, oh yeah, so I was shorting Tesla on the plane ride and I totally got burnt. So like basically you had the whole day it was like, yeah, we're, we can make so much money. We're making this much money. Pay us, pay us, pay us. And then he gets up there and he goes, oh yeah, I just lost a bunch of money in Tesla. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, and uh, it was just a great way to start his uh, speech because it kind of set the tone and just like, I don't know, it went on from there. It was, it was kind of cool just to see how they all approach something like that, whereas everybody else is just trying to sell you something more or less. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: crazy what they offer for free and it's so much better and all these people trying to sell you stuff and it's garbage. And like like you said, I mean, I think that they're just, I think they're they've done a great thing for the trading community with all the research and they continue to innovate. I mean, it's pretty unreal. I mean, like, it's, it, you know, you see all these you know a snake oil salesman or whatever you call them and they're they're out there just trying to sell you everything and hopes and dreams bottled up for three grand a month and, and then, yeah and then they come <laughs> out and they're really real about things and the expectation you can have
1: yeah exactly and the one thing that me and josh always joke about is this guy said i'm going to sell an iron duck strategy that's what it was i called it an iron duck and we were just, I was like, what the heck is this? Is this like, some, like something crazy or what is this? And he, he kept on explaining how it's like 91% probably a profit. And he always does it uh, at the beginning of the week and he lets it expire on Fridays, blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm like, what is he talking about? And he's like, he, doesn't, he wasn't even saying where his short strikes were or anything like that. It's a skewed iron condor. That's all it is. It's all it is. It's like, really? Like, that's, you could have just sat up there and said skewed iron condor and walked off the stage. That's all you have to do. But no, it was an hour long of just kind of like, what is this? This crazy thing. And then you look up and you're like, oh, this is the dumbest thing ever. Just get off the stage. Shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, two standard deviation iron condor skewed to one side. Good night.
1: Yeah, exactly. All you have to say, to walk off the stage.
0: <laughs> By my course, uh, it's uh, basically a tasty trade stuff uh, upsell. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for uh, coming on, uh, Dustin, and filling with Chris. I I
1: think I kind of talked a little bit too much there, but we appreciate your time coming on the show. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, anytime, I love this. You know what I mean? Thanks, you guys, again, for uh, uh, having me on. And uh, love what you guys are doing. And hopefully Pivotal and you guys can keep doing some stuff down the road. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to talk to Chris and uh, you guys some more about um, doing another collab or or maybe coming up with something. Um, I uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just swinging it, uh, podcast uh, uh, viewers. Um, Dustin's been on the show here before, and um, they're from Pivotal Trading, so definitely uh, check out. Uh, their content. Uh, I know they just came out with a Discord not long ago. Uh, if you want to plug that uh, real quick, Dustin, to our audience.
1: Uh, Yeah, I won't take too long. But basically, uh, Discord, uh, we just had that going. Uh, this is about a month, actually. So uh, yeah, almost a month now that we had this thing launched. So basically, there's a free version you get in, you get a couple channels. Um, but if you pay the $5 premium a month, Right. I know we just talked about people selling things, and I'm getting ready to sell something, so it's probably not good luck. But still, we kept it cheap, $5 a month, and then that's where you get all our watch lists, education, a um, bunch of different traders in there with different views on things. So it's not just me trying to you know, tell you guys, oh, you need to trade this way. No, it's people from different views, people doing uh, you know, different day trades and stuff like that. Uh, they do some technical analysis, whereas you know, sometimes I don't. Some guys do this, some guys do that. You know what I mean? It's all uh, different traders in there. And uh, so you guys get all this content and then you can kind of make your uh, decisions from there in the markets. Just a place where you guys can get better equipped to navigate the markets, especially with all the COVID and stuff going on. So uh, yeah, just plug that real quick. Pivotal Trading, uh, you can find us on all social media at Pivotal Trading.
0: Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, we're talking about what we talked about before and then talking about this, the difference between pivotal trading and just swinging it is that we're not selling you some BS strategy. Uh, we're really providing educational content um, that, you know, it's really good content, it's educational. And then we also let you see uh, them included, they let you see. Uh, different successful traders, you know, they have success in their strategy of what they're doing. They let you see what they're doing, what they're looking at, uh, and it's a community as well. So you're not just you're not paying for some BS strategy. You're paying for high um, valuable um, education in a community of like-minded people where we actually look out for each other versus just trying to take your money and sell you some BS. Because if they sell you some BS and then, the, then they never want to talk to you, we're we're it's more the things that we offer. Uh, or more of like a subscription base to where if you don't like us, then you'll go away, and then we don't make any money. So we want to keep you coming back, but we want to provide you value. And the way that we can do that is through education and showing you what we do. Um, I have uh, Investments.com where I share my strategy uh, for free and a downloadable package, and then also have a paid subscription where I uh, provide macro content and a little bit of education. And you can also email me directly. Uh, and talk about your strategy and what you're looking at and the best ways to put it on. So what we offer is uh, both Pivotal Trading and what I do and the Just Swinging the podcast is we offer mainly education and also, uh, you know, a look at what we're doing. You know, I trade a, a account that's public where people can see what I'm actually doing and the losses and success. It's not just me tell you all my winning trades and not about my losing trades. You know, I, it's, it's open account. Um, so, you know, we, I think that what just swinging a podcast and, you know, the service offer grow com and pivotal trading are doing is, you know, unlike most, uh, you know, most things out there that's that you're going to either pay for or get for free or, you know, even be able to talk to. And I know if you reach out to Dustin or reach out to Chris or, Uh, or the rest of the Pivot Trading um, uh, community there. I'm sure they'll reach out and and try the best to explain something to you and give you some really good content. But anyways, that's going to wrap up the show. Um, This is um, Friday for us, but you'll be catching this on Saturday. So hope you you guys have a good weekend and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy trading and uh, enjoy life. And we'll catch you next week.
1: See you guys. See ya.